I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. We are at the National Equine Forum in London, and we've had a very, very interesting, informative day with lots of uh, speakers giving us advice in the industry. And I'm really, really excited to welcome Dr. Sue Dyson. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Now, lameness and poor performance are your areas of expertise, but that's quite a broad... Um... Oh, it's by far the most common problems for horses not being able to work because they're lame. Yeah. And at the other side of it, poor performance is often because they're lame or because they've got an ill-fitting saddle, for example, which yes. is something that we talked about this morning. It was really, a really, really interesting chat, to be honest. Um, and there were lots of people that were tweeting the things that you were saying. Can you explain to those that couldn't be here today what you talked about? I was basically talking about the saddle fit to the horse and the rider. Um, we all know that the saddle should fit the horse, and we all know that the saddle should fit the rider in order to enable them to be in balance with the horse. Mm. And I was basically looking at what evidence we have to say, is that occurring or is that not occurring? And I was citing a number of studies that we've done, uh, starting with a survey of more than 500 sports horses which were in normal work. And we found that a high percentage of those horses had an ill-fitting saddle that is, the saddle was either too tight at the tree points or the, um, it was too low at the wither or it was a too wide gullet or it bridged so there was not constant contact with the panels or the saddle was unbalanced so it either tipped forwards or backwards which is going to influence the rider's position. So we found in that survey that there was a high proportion of horses which had ill-fitting saddles or saddles that were out of balance. We then looked at a subset of those horses and we found out more information about um, how frequently the riders had their saddles checked. Mm. Uh, And more than 40% of the the population only had the saddles checked once a year. Um, And the rest were less than once a year. But unfortunately, if we looked at those horses in which the saddle was checked once a year, about 30% of those still had an ill-fitting saddle. Oh, which indicates to me that there's a, there's a problem. Mm. Um, how, how often should we get our saddles checked? Well, that depends a little bit on um, the age of the horse, mm. because young horses, if they're going to work properly, um, they will use their back muscles. And if they've got a correctly fitting saddle, if they use their back muscles correctly... We've shown that the back muscles actually increase in their dimensions, so the back shape changes. Wow. Now, if they've got an ill-fitting saddle, those back shape changes don't occur 
because they're not able to use their back muscles properly. Mm. So the back muscles don't develop properly. Mm. So in the young horse, who's changing shape quite rapidly as it's developing its musculoskeletal fitness, um, we need to be checking the saddle fit more often than the mature horse. The mature horse, for example, a Grand Prix dressage horse, is not going to change very much in its shape. Mm. So you can afford to check the saddle less frequently. Unless, for example, the horse has to have some time out of work. Because if the horse is not being worked regularly, it's not using the muscles, and the muscles will start to shrink a little bit. Mm. So it's very much related to um, the work that the horse is doing and the age of the horse, and also, of course, the season. Because during the summer months, horses are turned out more, and they eat more, yes, and they get yeah. bigger. <laughs> yeah. And in the winter, they're kept in more, and they get smaller. So we have to accommodate the saddle fit to take into account those changes. And that, of course, is providing that the saddle fitters, in the first place, are doing the right job. Yes, and I think that um, uh, the work that I presented this morning highlights that we don't have enough of skilled fitters, not just to fit the saddle to the horse, but also to fit the saddle to the rider. Mm. Because we did another little pilot study, just looking at... um, 34 horses that I'd selected randomly from the horses that I investigated the clinic and I often take photographs of horses and their riders for all sorts of different reasons so I took a random sample of 34 horses and riders and I asked a a group of 12 individuals to look at the rider position was the rider's shoulder, hip and heel in alignment as it should be Mm. was the rider sitting too far towards the back of the saddle or were they sitting in the middle of the saddle was the rider too big for the saddle? And um, there were less than 20% of the riders who had their shoulder, hip and heel in alignment, which is the correct position. My goodness. My goodness, yes. And there was a, a high percentage, uh, around the 40% mark, of riders that were sitting too far towards the back of the saddle. Mm. And there was also, around the 40% mark, of riders that were judged to be too big for the saddle. Gosh. And all of these horses had had their saddle professionally checked by a fitter within the last several months. Mm. So, and when you spoke to the owner, when I spoke to the owners, quite frequently they felt that the, right, the, the, the fitter had assessed the fit for the horse, but they hadn't properly addressed the fit of the saddle for mm. them as individuals. Mm. And if the saddle, if the rider is not sitting in the right place in the saddle, it's very difficult for them to be in balance with the horse. Mm. And if they're not in balance with the horse, then they're likely to be uh, rising up and down, um, out of rhythm with the horse, and therefore creating abnormal forces on the horse's back because they're not properly in balance. Mm. And I guess they can't really balance the horse either if they can't balance themselves. No, absolutely, absolutely. And there was a, the, the, the rider position was an issue in that fundamentally, if you're going to ride correctly, you must have control of your body. Mm. And I feel that the trainers are partly at fault in that the majority of the riders uh, were under regular training. They would have a weekly lesson yes. at various standard. Um, but their positions were not being corrected. They were not aware that they were not sitting correctly. Mm. And these are fundamental um, training issues, which to me reflect a lack of knowledge across 
the spectrum from the upper level professional down to the lower level people. You just wouldn't expect to see that at the upper level, would you? You'd expect them to have... They're the basics, aren't they, really? They are the basics, yes. Um, So I I think the, the work that I presented demonstrated that there are problems within the industry Mm. and we have to have better education across the board from the grassroots rider right up to the upper level trainers. Do you think that um, second hand saddles are are, are causing a bit of an issue as well because it's very, saddles are expensive, you know we can't all afford the £3,000 ones that are made to fit to you so we go and buy a second hand one for maybe £800, £600, maybe even less. But you get the saddle, and then you go and find the saddle fitter, and then you hope that the saddle fitter will fit it to the horse. But there's no way you take into consideration our riding or how we're sitting. No, I mean, that's a recipe for a disaster. It would be like being somebody buying a pair of shoes for you, and you being asked to walk 10 miles in those shoes Mm. uh, when they didn't fit you. You would be pretty sore and uncomfortable. The same applies to selecting a saddle without it being properly fitted both to the horse and to the rider. Mm. I mean, even the saddlers sell second-hand saddles, but they sell them at the back of their van, don't they, sometimes? But then they'll always fit your horse first and check your horse out first and then sell you the correct fitting saddle. Well, they'll they'll sell you the best fit, which is not necessarily the correct fit. They will sell you the best fit of the saddles that they have available for you Mm. Um, because they have to make a living. Of course, yeah. And that, that then... I I can't say that we can solve all these problems because we have to think from a financial point of view. Mm. We have to think about what riders can afford. But it seems to me, observing riders across the spectrum, is that many people are prepared to pay extra for feed additives when actually they're feeding a balanced diet anyway because they like to feel they're spending money on their horse. Yes. And they'll buy yet another rug, um, which is serving some other point of uh, service but what they should be spending their money on is appropriate saddle fit Mm. because that's far more important to the horse's welfare and its performance Mm. there is um or or you you be able to tell me there is a it's like a committee isn't there that all the saddle fitters um are are listed but they're not all this they're not all the saddle fitters have to go onto that register do they the Society of Master Saddlers has Mm. a register of people who have qualified under their jurisdiction But there are many other people who are saddle fitters who don't necessarily have any qualification. Um, And there is a big move afoot to try to rationalise the industry. Um, The Worshipful Company of Saddlers has set up a steering group with members representing many aspects of the equine industry in order to improve education, improve training and improve research. And one of the ideas is that there should be um, a broader opportunity to train as a saddle fitter mm. and also be, there be opportunities for um, further education as a saddle fitter. So you don't just say, once I'm a saddle fitter, I'm qualified and I don't need any further education. The idea that would there be that you could then become a specialist if you chose to be and that there should be continuing education so that as a professional you are keeping up to date with developments. Mm. So this is something that the Worshipful Company of Saddlers have set up a steering group and I really do think there will be changes that that will take place Mm. Um, and through their auspices there's been a lot of engagement from various different groups who are coming together and talking and that's hugely important. 
And I think everybody's agreeing that there's a need for better education um, across the board, better training for saddle fitters, and more research needed for about the basics of tack fitting. Mm. Well, off the top of my head, finances is a, generally a, the main issue that people have, and I don't think that we always take saddle fitting as seriously as it should be taken. I mean... You know, I've seen horses that their movement, as soon as the saddle fits properly, they can move their legs. Absolutely. I showed two two videos of two separate horses this morning, um, and I showed them wearing their own saddle, on which they were performing poorly, unsteady head carriage, short mincing strides. One horse didn't want to go forwards at all, it kept stopping. Um, And then I showed the same horse just with a change of saddle. And the difference in the horses was enormous. Mm. And I think people have no conception, basically, of the way in which a poorly fitting saddle can influence the horse's movement and its comfort. Mm. But also we trust the saddlers. So if we're going to employ somebody or pay them to come and check the horse, then I don't know what I'm looking for. I know the basics, but I don't know if he's really moving properly. Um, I just hope I trust him that he knows what he's doing, the saddle fitter. Maybe it's time for a bit like um, private healthcare that we have, you know, where we pay monthly and in the monthly amount you get your saddle fitting once a month, you get your MOT for your horse checked. It feels like that's that's where we're moving towards to be able to fix it. I think that would be brilliant. I don't necessarily have to be every month, but every several months, Mm. I think that the whole picture needs to be looked at, Mm. yes. Well, thank you very much for your time today. You're very welcome. And um, we can, can we follow you? The Animal Health Trust puts quite a lot on. Um, I do not get involved with social media personally <laughs> because I don't have time. <laughs> well, we will follow the Animal Health Trust. Thank you so much, Dr. Sue Dyson. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for listening. I'm at the National Equine Forum all day today and I'll be bringing you interviews with guest speakers, with some of the experts. We'll be live tweeting the conversations that are taking place and photos too. So you can get involved in what's happening at the NEF. Tweet us your questions. What do you think about some of the subjects that are being talked about? Just use hashtag horse hour, hashtag NEF17. The experts here are talking in detail about how we can make changes to the industry. How can can we improve our equestrian industry and you're part of that as well so do tweet us your opinions and your questions i will speak to you very soon mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.